welcome back to The Haunting Hour. My name is Ryan Brown, your co-host here at The Haunting Hour, and joined, as always, alongside my brother Tyler, the um, the Byron Saxton to my Corey Graves. Ty, how are you doing tonight? First and foremost, is that an insult or a compliment? That's probably definitely a compliment. If anyone doesn't know who either of those individuals are, they are two of the funniest WWE commentators of all time, and they have like the best back and forth that I have personally ever heard uh, as far as like sports entertainment goes. The only reason I actually said that was because I started listening to Corey Graves' podcast today, After the Bell. It's a WWE podcast, and I think I listened to the Liv Morgan one and then Drew McIntyre, but man, that show's outstanding. Shout out to my boy Corey Graves. I feel like, honestly, out of the two of us, you are definitely more... Um like physically like Corey Graves. Personally, I think you're the Byron. You're way more optimistic and happy-go-lucky yep. compared to me. That's very fair. You're like the villain because Corey plays like a villain. Yeah, I've always, since I was little, I've always rooted for villains in movies. I don't know what it is, but <laughs> villains are awesome. I guess that's also why I kind of gravitate towards um, the horror genre. But it's actually a very sad day here at the Brown Brothers Haunting Hour studio. And if you could all take a, uh, a brief pause and uh, a brief silence, if you will, to commemorate the passing of the Halloween 2022 season. It was a hell of a season, let me tell you. This Halloween absolutely ripped. That's all I got to say about it. This Halloween was 10 out of 10. The only flaw that I will say about the 2022 Halloween season is it went by in the blink of a f***ing eye. That's my only complaint, man. rest of it phenomenal and that's going to bring us to our first segment of the show tonight because we got to talk about the warren's paracon 2022 that me and tyler wrapped up last week was it i have never been so tired in my entire life after the eight hour span that we had on saturday 10 10 hours i guess yeah set up and and uh, tear down um in a nutshell it was one of the coolest most fun experiences i've ever had I think just the outreach that we got, the marketing that we got, the uh, interaction with fans that I didn't even know we had. Yeah. Dude, the fact that people came up. There had to be at least like 20 people. And I was trying to introduce myself. They're like, yeah, we know who you guys are. We listen to you guys weekly. I'm like, yeah. Mm, what? <laughs> yeah. When I was like, yeah, so, you know, we're like a, we're a horror podcast based in the Northeast corner. And they're like, let me stop you right there. We know what you are. Um, we just want to come by, say hello, like take a picture with you. It was awesome. It's not, I mean, now I kind of, I have 1% of how it feels to be famous. I was tired from that. I can't imagine what, I don't know, Leonardo DiCaprio feels like every single night falling asleep. It's probably brutal. And we got to give him a shout out because I told him that we would probably start this episode off by talking about this family, but there was a wicked cool family at the Warren's Paracon, all rock and ice nine kills t-shirts. It was like a mother, father, and two like younger kids. Dude, Um, there was only one kid. Oh, is it just one girl? <laughs> yeah. Who are you talking about? Oh, that well, was like the ghost that you saw behind him. <laughs> yeah, the dad and the... the cause I was, I was going to make a comment. The dad and the daughter were wearing Ice Nine. The The father obviously was super into it because he talked to Ryan and I about it all the time. But uh, the wife and the mother, she didn't say one word. So it was very funny to see that dichotomy. I caught him with my peepers across the aisle and I was like, yo, they're all rocking Ice Nine Kills Tees. Let's get them over here and talk about their favorite songs off of like Welcome to Horrorwood and... Um, the, uh, younger girl liked a rash decision. That's like my favorite breakdown of all time. And 
Farewell to Flesh, right? The, yeah, the, the dude. Yeah, the dude's like, yeah, my favorite song right now is Farewell to Flesh. I was like, all right, yeah, pal, you can, you can go kick rocks in the parking lot, but that's like Tyler's favorite song. Fuck you, dude. <laughs> Fuck you. That song is so underrated, criminally underrated. I set up early on Saturday morning. I got there before Tyler, and at the end of our row, as fate would have it, was Arnie Johnson, who The Conjuring Three is based off of. See episode seven of the Brown Brothers because we covered. I think it was episode seven. Yep, it was an early one. He, we covered uh, The Conjuring Three. The Devil Made Me Do It. Yeah, it was just me and Arnie in the entire convention center. Just us two because I got there super early, and then he was like walking down the aisle, and I probably had a good. 10, 15 converse, or minute conversation with him. Just talked about like The Conjuring 3 and how he was doing and all that good stuff. Super nice guy. Also, we are talking to like an official murderer. I was like, this is a little strange, but he's a super nice guy. And this is uh, this is a great way to kick off my Saturday. What does uh, Jan say? Uh, it's a reformed convict. Martin <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nash. <laughs> yes, uh, it was cool. I, I didn't get to talk to him, but I did you know, walk by him and see him. He, he looked like a, obviously he was super busy all day. Mm. Um, he had a line like out the door. A lot of people had lines out the door, which was great. And like we said, we were, we were steady literally for eight and a half, nine hours, which was awesome. So if you guys showed up, if you guys came by and like played Jenga or waved to us, or we had people buy us beer, that's never happened in my entire life. A lot of beer. Yeah. That was fucking awesome. Thank you guys for that. Uh, we want to give a shout out to Kelly and Justin Haggerty. So Kelly and Justin both came down from Maine. So mm-hmm. they drove over two and a half hours to see us, which was awesome. And then a couple of our other buddies, uh, Quinn Peters, Rocky. Um, wow, shout outs today. I love it. Yeah. If we missed you guys. Oh, my, my, my boy, Eric, Maddie, Chelsea. Ch- yeah. Like every Courtney, Tay, like T- everyone who Tony, screw you. You weren't there. Yeah, at least he FaceTimed us. <laughs> um, yeah, like if you guys came and supported us or like you text us or whatever, we just want to thank you guys from the bottom of our hearts because we, first of all, never thought we'd ever get invited to any uh, convention, but l- like let alone a horror convention where they could have reached out to anyone and they picked us. And I thought it was really cool the way that we approached it to a little different than we were the, other vendors. We were the only podcast in the entire place. Yeah, which was sick. Which was insane to me. We'll remember next time to write podcast, by the way, on yeah. our giant uh brown brothers haunting hour sheet so what do you guys do you give like haunted tours and i was like you're like the fifth person to ask me that yeah that what it looks like yeah uh i had another person say like you're investigator so what do you investigate yep, yep. i was like let me stop you right there pal um i'd also like to say me and tyler started off the day with a cup of coffee and walking straight up to annabelle it was so sweet like the vendors and anybody who was there got to go in to the Warren's Occult Museum early. Um, so much cool stuff. The conjuring mirror, scrying mirror that they had there, super creepy. But I mean, the big bad focal point of the entire museum was Annabelle. And she lived up to the hype, let me tell you. Because like me and Tyler were standing in front of her, and I think we were the only two people in the convention center at that time. My whole right arm started to tingle like crazy. And I was like, all right, this is getting a little weird. And then the guy who was running it called Annabelle a bitch straight to her face. And I was like, hey, hey, pal, how about you don't do that when I'm standing right next to her? <laughs> Rumor has it he is no longer with us. <laughs> Dude, he act- remember, um, so I'll tell you guys, we told everyone who showed up, but uh, the gentleman who was like talking to us and uh, kind of walking us around the the museum, if you will, he said that when he set up Annabelle the night before, she was upright. 
in, and, in her little chair in the glass case. Yep. And when he came in the next or the following morning, she was falling forward against the glass, almost as if she was trying to get out. So that was awesome. But the fact that, yeah, he called her a B-I-T-C-H to her face. And I was like, come on, man. I don't need this kind of <laughs> I get, I'm already negative. I don't need this negative entity like attached to me. But it was awesome to actually see her and actually see the the animal doll that was used in Animal uh, Comes Home. The third uh, one. Yep. Yeah. The um, Raggedy Ann doll, but like the porcelain one. Again, thank you for anybody who came out, supported us, bought a t-shirt, just came over to say hi to us. Awesome day. Can't freaking wait till next year. And me and Tyler talked about it actually before we went into the occult museum, but I'm going to throw it down to the docket here. This is, this is a fact I'm going to say. Me and Tyler are the first people in history to ever visit the Zach Bagans Haunted Museum in Las Vegas and all of his stuff. <laughs> it's a better word for that. Paraphernalia. Um, haunted sh- objects, yeah. everything in his museum, and then visit Annabelle within a week. Within, what was it, four days? It was way less than a week. It was three days, I think. We came back on... Oh, no, it was, it was four or five days because we came back on a t- Monday afternoon. And we had Paracon Saturday. Yeah. Within five days. And I think we're probably the only people to go into Zach's museum and pick up whatever energy was in there and bring it to Annabelle since she's been there. Back in 2018, I think it was, 2019, they brought Annabelle to Zach's museum to do an investigation on her. Nothing's happened yet, but we are the first people in history to ever do that, I believe. Yeah, I can't speak like to you about this, um, but I, I feel like in general, if we were more susceptible, if we were more negative or I'm not going to say open, but w- whatever that means. Wait, to Annabelle? To to uh, what ha- to Zach Bagans. Oh, we're, we're going to have a full after hours episode on this, but some weird shit happened to me. No, no, no. I What I'm saying is if we were more open and susceptible, I think that something would have happened already. Uh, after seeing what happened at Zach Bagans and Annabelle. Gotcha. I think we were, I'm not going to say strong enough because I have no idea what that even means, but. Maybe we're just mentally. Yeah. In like, like a, a good, a good headspace. Exactly. If we were in more of a negative headspace or something like that, like we might not be, one of us might not be sitting here. Count your blessings. I'm going to enjoy this Michelob Ultra tonight. But Ryan said it best. This probably was. So we kind of graduated from the Halloween, not that we've ever, or we're ever going to graduate from Halloween parties. But we didn't do really Halloween parties this year. We did more really fucking sick Halloween shit. Yeah, professionally too, I will add. Yeah, yeah. We did the, the Paracon. We did the Zach Bagans Museum. And then after that, we did um, Avalon. Yeah, that was not professional. No, that was like <laughs> the after hours of it. But um, it was one of the best, if not the best Halloweens I think I've had in like 10 years. Oh, definitely. I think that was back-to-back 2021 with the insane party that you threw, followed up by this one. Those are two classic Halloweens that I'll probably remember for the rest of my life. That makes me even more excited for 2023. If we do Paracon and a live show and a party next year, I might never celebrate Halloween again because that's just going to go off on a high note. But speaking of the spooky season, we're coming to you guys a little late in the year for a Halloween episode. But if you guys are sticking around with us, you're in for a treat tonight because other than La Llorona, this is my... Sistine Chapel, my, what the hell does Justin Hammer say? My Rudmaninoff Stern of all urban legends. So tonight we're going to be talking to you guys all about El Sibon. 
And this is an urban legend that comes to us from South America, mostly in the Colombia region and Venezuela. And I don't know what it is about like either Central American or South American folklore that just tickles my fancy, but I freaking love this stuff and I don't know why. And I don't know why this stuff is the scariest to me. Um, Ty, do you know anything about Elsie Bone? No idea, except for the picture that you sent me like five days ago saying, oh yeah, by the way, we're going to cover this uh, topic this week. And I had to delete it off my phone because I didn't want to see it. That's how fucking scary it was. Um, but two things. We've had three for three, I think, for South American folklore. This one, be- well, I have no idea what this is, but via the picture, it's going to be this one. You're going to enjoy this one. La Llorona and El Muerto, the Headless Horseman. Oh, and yes. All three of those are so cool to me. Just very unique topics. I know the Headless Horseman's not, but the one that we covered was a very cool new take on the Headless Horseman. Right, yeah, because wasn't he was um he was Southern Texas uh, and New he Mexican traveled border. into Mexico too, right? Yeah, like it was outside of the river, a two hundred mile radius that he was seen. Jesus. Um, but the other thing I, I just wanted to say right before you get into that is I love 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 our topics after Halloween. What the hell did we do last year after Halloween? We just get into, I think, things that people don't really hear about. Like this this topic would not be one that I think we would have covered in early October. We want to do something that's more popular that people would oh, yeah. really gravitate towards. But we did like the Andes disaster a, a year and a half ago, which was f- so cool, I think. <laughs> Cannibalism. Uh we did the Outlaw Pass after Halloween, I believe, and on, we on didn't, the original episodes. Right. We didn't actually uh, publish it. Exactly. But I just feel like these topics are the topics that if you like horror and you like what we do, like these are this is what you guys should get stoked for because this is where we bring the heat. So we're going to bring the heat tonight. So here we go. L. Seabone. He's also known as the Whistler. Uh, Whoa. Whoa. Just blew everybody's eardrums out. If, <laughs> that wasn't if, loud, if was you're it? listening in headphones, I am so sorry. <laughs> Usually, there's a headphone warning. Sorry, um, go ahead. There should also be another warning, just in case you guys hear some white noise in the background. Um, one of our water heaters has definitely got to go off in a little while. You probably heard it at the uh, opening of the show. We apologize, but hey, we're uh, we're not really great, great professionals. We're just kind of professionals here. So, Elsie Bone. As I said before, um, this is a pretty much a legendary figure in Colombia and Venezuela, and it is associated especially with the Los Llanos region. And the Los Llanos region is the higher grasslands that they have in Venezuela. So I think that makes it even creepier if you're going out for a hike and you encounter this, I'm going to say thing, this human, this spirit, whatever it could be. We're going to dive into that and try to figure it out for you guys. But in a grassland area that's not very densely populated, that's horrifying to me. This legend ended up arising in the middle of the 19th century. So somewhere within like the 1840s, people, they started talking about this legend and then it gained a lot of traction, a lot of word of mouth. And it became like a legendary story that people told in South America. And I don't, La Llorona was way earlier than that because I think she can date back, if you like turn the clocks back far enough, a weeping woman in like Aztec times. But I think it's so interesting. And I think like Mexico does this beautifully with like the Dio de los Muertos, um, as well as South American countries, like folklore down there. It's so much more prevalent to like tell people ghost stories and have these legends 
like travel through word of mouth compared to stuff in the United States. Yeah, most I think most Western and and Southern uh, folklore and horror stories and stuff they have to do with like a uh, like repercussions and like it's like a a warning almost like do this or something will happen. Like tries to scare you straight. Exactly. So there's some part of this legend with Elsie Bone that incorporates that it's not what the whole legend's about but there's like a little sidetrack area that tries to scare people straight about doing something yeah and i think that anywhere other than the u.s respects the dead way more than we do yeah we don't we don't care about the dead no we don't we don't give a shit about that but in like western cultures and in south america like the aztecs you were talking about they rev like the dead were worshipped and that's what they did with elsie bone let me tell you so i'm going to start out by telling you guys just the legend itself and tie buckle up you might not sleep again because this is going to scare the piss out of you so elsie bone was merely a spoiled young farm boy who demanded that his father make him some venison for dinner upon finding out that his father had never cooked any meat or went out to hunt for deer elsie bone got infuriated and ended up killing his father by brutally stabbing him multiple times with a knife or with a hammer. After that, he began ripping out his father's entrails, brought them to the kitchen, and cooked them. He gruesomely took his father's cooked entrails to his mother. They both sat down and ate them for dinner. When Elsie Bone's mother found out that what she was eating was her husband's stomach and bowels, more or less, she told her father-in-law, Elsie Bone's grandfather, who ended up cursing the young boy forever to have misfortune. The grandfather ended up taking Elsie Bone out to a local field, lashed him to a post where he continuously whipped him until his back was torn. After this, he either flushed the wounds with salt or alcohol, which caused immense pain. After Elsie Bone begged and pleaded for no more pain, the grandfather ended up sicking two large black dogs on Elsie Bone until either he died, lashed to the post, or ended up fleeing into the wilderness where he died from his wounds. So nowadays it's said that Elsie Bone can be seen haunting these local grasslands or even denser communities. And it's said that Elsie Bone likes to stop at people's doorways. He's carrying a sack on his back that's filled with the bones of his victims that he's killed. He likes to take his bag off and count the bones one by one. If a family member within the house or a local to the field doesn't stop to listen to Elsie Bone counting the bones from his bag, the entire household will die. He's known as the Whistler, and his whistles can be interpreted as a message of death. This is where it gets like super, super fucking creepy to me. When a person can hear his whistle close by, it's actually when he's far away. But when the whistle is heard at a faraway distance, it is said that Elsie Bone is right behind you. I was going to try to interpretate the whistle, and hopefully I can find one online to put in right here. If not, then um, his whistle goes up in tone, so it goes like from a C up to a D, and then back down. Um, just a quick intermission. Whistles in the right context are fun. Like, it's enjoyable. Whistles in the wrong context and the wrong place at the wrong time is one of the scariest things of all time. I'm trying to think of what 
is there a horror movie where somebody whistles? I'm I'm thinking of the Legend of Sleepy Hollow, the cartoon version from Disney <laughs> that ended up getting canceled because it just talked about how big fucking Ichabod's <laughs> dong was. Fucking <laughs> elephant man here, just <laughs> hanging brain. His shoes were almost as, or what is it? His shoes as big as his cock. <laughs> I'm not sure they said that, but oh, his shoes were shovels. <laughs> in, in context, that's what they said. You had to like read between the lines. Inevitably, that movie ended up getting canceled. You can still watch it now on Disney Plus somehow. YouTube too. Um, yes, but I remember there's a scene where he's riding gunpowder and he's like trying to make himself happy and he's trying to whistle and his like mouth gets really dry. And that's like when whistling can be funny and a lighthearted thing. But if you hear a whistle when you're walking home alone and it's like distant far away, I'm running for the hills. Exactly. So at work, we have a two-story parking garage. And when I leave on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, uh, it's like 7.15. And right now it's dark out because it's it November. It gets dark at 3.45 Yeah, now. it's bullshit, by the way. Um, in there's not a lot of people there at that time. And when I'm walking to my car, I sometimes just whistle just to light, just to whistle. Yeah. And even me whistling, how loud it is and echoey kind of scares me. So if I fucking heard a whistle somewhere in the parking garage that I couldn't see when I'm walking to my car, I don't know what I, it's scarier than like, I think like a creepy laugh. I think so too. And let, let me paint you this picture. What if you're hiking alone in the woods and you're like trying to get back to your car and you hear it off the path, like behind the trees somewhere, right beyond eyesight? Let me rebuttal you with fuck no. I would be so scared if that happened. It's like worse than hearing a howl, I think. I would have to agree with you on that one. Now, this is the part we haven't even scared Tyler yet. This is when he's truly going to get scared. Just check my Garmin watch. My heart rate is an 89. <laughs> We're going to get that above 100. So the appearance of El Simon. It has not really been described to like a T as we would want it. And it's because it's said that he inevitably kills all of his victims. So nobody has had a first-hand account of seeing him. If somebody did, they were killed. But it is believed that he is a tall, emaciated human male gigantic in stature somewhere between 9 and 22 feet tall he has gaunt cheekbones and his fingers are said to extend past his knees he is dressed in tattered farmer's clothes with a torn up back he most likely lurks in the local swamps or in grasslands close by people's homes he ends up torturing those who pass by and those who hear his whistle he is known to rip victims in two or just to straight up eat you. He gained this taste of human flesh from, yes, you probably guessed it, him eating his father. So earlier on in the show, Tyler talked about how sometimes in Central American folklore, um, Mexican folklore, South American folklore, they do things to kind of scare you straight. And this is kind of where you take a side path with LC Bone. And he is known to feed on any drunks who walk alone at nights. <laughs> From the local pub or bars. <laughs> oh, fuck you, dude. Are you kidding? It's no. like literally... Oh, that's awesome. I love so, that. So people believe this was brought on to scare people straight from not consuming too much alcohol at a young age. And people believe that Elsie Bone feeds on these drunks because of when his grandfather doused his wounds from lashing him 
with some type of alcohol. He said that to bring this kind of, he's like a harbinger of death for these people because that alcohol hurt him once. So if you're having a good time with the alcohol, he's like, "Mm -mm -mm, not for you. I'm either going to eat you or rip you in half. The scariest part about this whole thing, if you hear his whistle, it's already too late for you. So even if you hear it close by, it means he's far away. That means he's just coming for you. If you hear it far away, that means he's already on top of you. You probably got seconds to live. So if you see him outside of your door or you hear him counting the bones, you have to go to your front doorway, open the door and watch him count the bones and listen. Then he won't kill you or your family. The only other way to be saved is if you have a dog with you or if there is a dog close by. It is said that Elsie Bone is so terrified of dogs, mostly because his grandfather let off the leash two big black dogs that ended up killing him. Um, he's so afraid of any type of canine that he will run the other way as soon as he hears a dog bark or he sees one. I think it's extra points too if you have like a big ass black German Shepherd or like a big black Rottweiler. I would run the other way. I have never wanted a Corgi so much in my entire life. A corgi? <laughs> it's a dog. That's true. I feel like this, it doesn't matter what kind of dog this thing is going to run away. They have like, there are just certain things that supernatural entities don't cross and this is one of them. If it's a little corgi, it doesn't matter. It's a dog. He will run the other way. Also, how long is it going to take for this fucking guy to count his bones? Like I have work at Mondays and Fridays. I work at six. Pal, it is three fucking a.m. <laughs> I got to work at six. I guess that depends on how many people he's killed. Nobody knows how many bones he has in his bag. It could be thousands. This also sounds like a, I'm not going to say, it's like a little twist on St. Nicholas. Yeah, old St. Dick. Yeah, he's got the old bag behind him and not really that Santa counts his presents, but he delivers presents to your like doorway, more or less, down your chimney. Elsie Bone comes with his sack and then counts the bones in front of you. We're never going to ever cover things like fairies and like stuff like that, uh, which are supernatural, but right. um, it has a, a great tie to it. Like fairies have to count oh, yeah. salt and sugar. Yes, they have to count all the grains of them. And that's what kind of keeps them at bay. Like if there's a fairy that's trying to kill you or you're trying to get out of whatever, uh, if you spill sugar or salt or whatever it is, they have to count every single grain. That reminds me a lot of this guy. So he just knocks on the door and starts picking bones out of his bag. Like, hey, watch this. Maybe no, that's the scary part. I don't, he doesn't knock on your door. So you always have to be listening for it. Oh, I got it. Okay. Um, then if you hear like a bone drop or something, I'm picturing like a hollow noise. You're probably, you got to drop everything, head to your front door and listen to this guy. Dropping bones, huh? <laughs> Not the way <laughs> I do it, but. This guy, you said, uh, you were like, yeah. He could be between 8 and 22 feet. Yeah. So 22 feet is two stories. Yep. So it's said in some legends as well. If you see him, people say he's like a tangible thing. So it's a real thing. Oh, so it's not a ghost. So it's said some forms of the legend is he actually went into the woods and didn't die from his wounds from the dogs and um, grew till he's 22 feet tall. Um, but then there's also another version where he's like an actual, actually a spirit and that version, he's said to be anywhere from 9 to 45 feet tall. And he's emaciated, like, gaunt cheekbones, like, super creepy. And I think he wears, like, a, not like a witch's cap, but like a like a farmer's straw hat that's yeah, pointy at that's, the top. That's, that's f- terrifying. Yeah, that is, that's scary as shit to me. I hate that. 
I think this, the scariest idea of this legend is the fact that if he didn't die and he grew to, I'm going to say he didn't grow to like 22 feet. If he grew to nine feet tall, if you saw that thing like looming the grasslands or we didn't even touch upon this, but I don't think anybody's seen him in America. But if you're drunk walking home from the bar and you see a nine foot tall dude come out from like the woods or follow you on the sidewalk with his hands scraping on the ground, because that's apparently how long his extremities are. Yeah. Find the nearest car and jump in front of it. Yeah. Just end all be all. I will not touch the devil's juice ever again if that happens <laughs> maybe maybe one shot every year but uh that is like scared straight kind of shit. right that's a creepy ass legend and i think it's even scarier the fact that if you hear him whistle it's too late for you you're either going to get eaten if he's 22 feet tall he could probably just lift you up with one hand and stick you in his mouth um or you get ripped in half it's like attack on titan if anyone's ever watched it on netflix where it's like the giant titans with no skin and they just eat people it's like a an anime thing on netflix and people love it it's a huge thing sounds cool but it sounds just like this like if he is 20 25 30 feet i feel like that's not as scary to me as an eight or ten foot real creep like a real human corporeal thing that's coming after me that can actually grab me yeah i agree with you on that one and that's why that's the way i like to look at this legend because that scares me and let me tell you, if I'm ever walking home from the bar this weekend, my eyes are going to be peeled for any movement in the woods somewhere. <laughs> See, the problem with this is like, you're going to be leaving the bar drunk. We would never do this, by the way. Uh, and be like, oh, I don't want to walk home, so I'm going to drive home. Like, that's that's the opposite of what the Right, and I didn't, <laughs> I, didn't, is. I didn't see anything about what he does to cars. Yeah. Maybe, I just, feel like... maybe just steps on them. Because <laughs> he's a fucking giant. Exactly. Well, I feel like if you are like you know, one or two drinks and, and you're driving home if you see him on the side of the road. And he's like following your car back Yeah, or like looking at you and then he's closer to your house and closer and closer. I haven't said it in two episodes, I don't think, but hey, thanks. I fucking hate it. Again, there's a movie in here. Someone should just TM this. This, this movie, Jason Blum, find this legend. Work your magic on it, brother. Not Jordan Peele. Absolutely not. Absolutely. He just can't. I hate that guy. <laughs> he he does really good when it's human horror, but when it's extraterrestrial legend type of thingies. Yeah, cryptoid monster horror, demon horror, not great. No. Um, uh, kudos to you, though, for bringing – it's been the only time I've ever uh, wa- uh, watched, heard, or talked about prairie horror, which is something that is like – it's like D-list. People just don't talk about prairie horror was in a movie in 2017 called The Wind, which was outstanding. You guys should watch it. But The only thing it kind of reminds me of is like The Children of the Corn or um, Jeepers Creepers, like something that haunts a field kind of thing. Right. You know what I mean? And that's not even – that's like more cornfield. Yeah, it's and, in like uh, a, a highly populated right, kind of Scarecrow. area. I would I would put Jeepers Creepers with Scarecrow, but you're right. Children of the Corn. Uh, I forgot what the entity they he who walks, walks behind among... the rose. Oh yes, uh, him. Yep. That's that's what I mean. Like that was 1986. And I think the reason people were are so scared of this legend in like Venezuela in a farming community or farmland is because you're so isolated. Yeah. Like if yeah. There's if fields. You're, there's... If you're ending your day and it's dark out and you have a three mile walk back to your house through the fields, <laughs> buckle up. I hope you brought a little bit of the um, Tecate. No, that's Mexican beer. Um, what do they drink in Venezuela? 
Venezuela's south enough where they probably drink Mexican beer. A little tequila. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah hey. That's true. Pop up, open a bottle of tequila, and actually, no, don't do that because he's going to get you for being drunk. <laughs> Walk home sober, and if you hear him whistle, I'm sorry. The point is you have to get blackout where you can't hear shit, and you just wake up hungover as fuck like Phil from The Hangover. But yeah, so I wanted to get Tyler's take on this because I know he's scared of really tall, gaunt creatures, and this legend more or less paints that picture beautifully and also feeds off people who drink alcohol and that's pretty much what we do here at the haunting hour other than bring you guys the most badass scary stories you've ever heard in your entire life but ty here we go let's chalk it up on the brown brothers haunting hour scare scale halloween edition one to ten where you throwing up lc bone if you are say your car broke down you're driving through venezuela to <laughs> what am i driving a donkey <laughs> <laughs> You're driving like a badass Jeep or something, I bet. Oh, sick. Okay. Yeah, and your car breaks down. You have that six-mile walk home. You get within two miles, and you hear the whistle. So I think initially, because um, it's like inversely proportional, when you have a couple of drinks, you don't fear as much as you would fear if you were sober. Right. Until something sobers you up so quick that you fear it ten times which would 100% happen if you saw this guy. If I was walking home and I was semi-inebriated and I heard like a really loud whistle and then all this came back and I'm like, oh, he's far away. Mm-hmm. And then it started to get louder and louder and louder. No, no, quieter, quieter and quieter. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I heard a loud whistle and then it started to get quiet. Because then you'd be like, oh my God, thank God he's leaving. Oh, and it's like, oh my and God. He's like literally right next to you. That has to be a, that's got to be a 9.0. That's up there for me. That's that is, that's up there with Povelia Island, I think, for me. If that I, high. If, if I heard that whistle, that's like a nine, 9.3 for me. If I heard the whistle and saw his like silhouette or him somewhere away, that's like a 9.5. That's different. <laughs> like if I just turned and he was right there, that's a nine. But if it was like a uh, foreboding thing where it just, uh, like over and over and over things happened where he was getting closer and I was seeing him. That's a 9.3 or four. You're absolutely right. But what if you like turned and a little bit down the path of like the moonlight was hitting perfectly and you saw him and he like raised his fucking big ass gangly fingers and he waved at you, put a gun in my mouth and pulled the goddamn trigger. That's a, that's a 9.5. That's very close to, that would be the scariest thing I could ever experience. I think that we've talked about on the show. I think you're right. I think you're very close to being right. We have to go back. And actually, uh, I want to do a – I'm going to go back and listen to it all and, and chart out our Brown Brothers scale and oh, just go see. through and talk about it all. Nice. Um, but I think this is – I think the only thing scarier than a tall, gangly, fucking creepy-ass dude is a tall, gangly, creepy-ass chick with black hair. And we haven't talked about one of them yet. I don't know if one of those exists other than your mind. So this is this is a solid between a 9 and a 9.4 to me. This is a scary topic. Now I want to get your take on this because it reminds me of some paranormal game you told me about or something one episode about the hollow man is if you whistle into a bottle that you find on a bridge. Is that what his name is? The Empty Man. The Empty Man. Then it's a he, movie. Oh, he like comes to you, right? If you whistle into the bottle. Yeah, it's uh, if you find an empty bottle on a deserted bridge at night and you whistle into it uh, three times, he whistles back. 
and then you have three days. The first day you hear him, which is that night. Mm-hmm. Second day you see him somewhere, and then the third day he comes for you. So he's like a harbinger of death, too, with the whistling noise. Exactly, and that's what kind of summons him. It's a little different. This I don't know what the whistling... The whistling actually has no relevance it's, to him, right? It's not like he would... Or maybe his grand... You know what? Maybe his granddad was whistling when he was pouring the... Or he, like, sicked the dogs. Like, when he called the dogs, he, like, whistled to yeah. him. Yeah. Maybe that's yep. what it is. And what do you think it is about, like, the sound? Do you think the sound from the paranormal... Like, if we're talking about a ghost or an entity or something... Like the empty man, yeah. or if Elsie Bones an actual full fledged spirit, do you think like sound will hit you quicker from like piercing the veil? The sound will hit you quicker than actually seeing something, and that's why this this whistling causes like so much fear because that's the first thing that hits you. Yeah, maybe sound on the weird spectrum that that's I think that's I keep fucking doing this too. I start talking and then I just go on a, a tangent. Yeah, um, but I'm thinking about dogs. Why do you whistle at dogs? Oh, yeah, cause, or like a dog whistle, humans can't hear it, and the dogs are the ones that can hear it. Precisely, and people say dogs can see things that humans can't see. So maybe on the spectrum of, it's not UV because that's uh, visually, but auditory, Yep. maybe on that spectrum, it's like entities... Special, special tone. Yeah, maybe they can hear that, a, maybe a certain frequency, like a higher one or a lower one, if you whistle into a bottle, for example, the empty man. By the way, which I would, I really want to do it one night. F*** that. But you have to... You have to the thing is, you have to find an empty glass bottle. I saw it, dude. I was walking. You know the bridge right right did, over here going see to one? the high school? Yeah. Or, yeah. Dude, there was a fucking... It was like a, a Coors Light bottle sitting on the edge. Did like, you whistle? On the thingy. No, it was the middle of the afternoon. But oh, okay. That's why it like... It doesn't matter. You could, you could still do it. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought you said it had to be at night. No, uh, empty bottle on an, a deserted bridge. Oh, no. It doesn't matter the time. No, no, no. Okay. Nope. No, he comes at night. I'm sorry. That's I'm sorry. Or it comes at night, whatever it is. Yeah. Well, but I, it whistles back to you when you whistle. And I didn't remember you telling that story until I saw that thing. <laughs> and then I came across this legend about the entity that whistles when he's going to kill you. I'm like, this is all connecting way too quickly. Um, I was also thinking, what if you're with two people? Like two people are walking, but then only one hears the whistle. It's like, bro, did you just hear that? And then No. And then you hear it again, and that other person can't hear anything. Oh, my God. Like, he, like, picks you out. And you're the one that it's, like, focused on. Oh, man. Dude, I'm just thinking of if you go, uh, whenever you go for your morning cardio walks, I'm going to leave earlier and hide under the bridge. And if, like, you're like, oh, there's that bottle, and then you do it, and then you just hear, like, (laughs) (laughs) something under the bridge. I would just hear, you know, like, gif of Squidward when he jumps off the cliff and he claps his hands? That'd be me off the bridge to the, like, pointiest rock I could f***ing find. Ryan, don't do it. It's just me. That would be so scary if you heard something. Dude, because I was walking at 4 a.m. the other morning. Because I had to walk, I did my cardio before work. If you were waiting out there all night and you pinched a tent, there would be murder. Pitched a tent. Oh, what did I say? Pinch a tent? Sorry. (laughs) Pitched a tent. Um... Six o'clock news, murder in Putnam. Brother murders brother for scaring <laughs> him way too fucking Oh, it would be worth it. The cool thing is, though, like, if you're ever walking now alone and you see a bottle, you're going to be thinking about what we just said. Like, hey, do I... Do I do it? Right. Even if it's not on a bridge, um, listen, if if you happen to walk on a, a random bridge and there's an empty bottle, for the love of God, fucking blowing it and text us or DM us, I'm sorry. Yeah. And tell us if the empty man comes after you. Go live on Instagram for that whole like three days because yes. I would watch the hell out of that. Yeah. I'd pay money for that. But it's cool that this story stems from, or I'm sorry, the empty man probably stems from a lot of this story. I bet because this came very, or I mean, 1840. So 
But that being said, I think both of them are freaking terrifying. This this takes a cake for me for entities and I mean topics that we have covered thus far um, during the Brown Brothers Haunting Hour. This is up there for the scariest being that we've ever talked about. This is in the over nine realm. We usually hang out in the 7.5s, 8s, somewhere in there. I, I think I hang out in the 8s. I'm a little higher. Yeah. Uh, Depending. We're both pretty close. Yeah. Usually, I mean, we've probably had, what, six or seven episodes. We've gone into the 9s. Yeah, uh, at most. I think so. Yeah. But this is up there for me for being top tier. I agree. And um, like I said, kudos because I've been lacking prairie horror in my life, and I I love it. It's so cool, like the... If it's nighttime and you just see nothing but like, oh, like grass. corn or wheat or grass, like if you're in Nebraska or somewhere Midwest, it's so scary to me. Really? I love that. It's hmm. such a cool idea. To, what's that movie called? The Wind? Yeah. I'll have to watch that. It was uh, A20, one of A24's first movies. Sign me up. Yeah, six or seven years ago. It was good though. It was just like about a lady who they moved to a prairie in, I don't know if it's Nebraska, uh, South Dakota. And um, her husband was working all day on the field, and she got, like, this weird uh, pamphlet about a prairie demon, and that's all she kept seeing at night. But you didn't know if it was that or if it was just the wind, because the wind is ceaseless on the prairie. So, such a cool idea. I love how this guy was in either prairies or swamps. That's awesome. My two favorite things. But yes, guys, that is our episode on Elsie Bone. We hope you guys enjoyed this one, and I will say... From the bottom of my heart, I hope you guys had an awesome Halloween season. Before you guys know it, I'll tell you right now, this year is flying by. So um, just enjoy. If you got anything coming up in your lives, just enjoy it. Because I've been noticing in my own life that time's going by way too fucking quick. Um, before we know it, Scream 6 is going to be in theaters. We got 118 days until that's out. And I know that time goes by wicked fast when you're waiting for a new horror movie to drop. So before you know it, we're going to have Scream 6. We're going to have Insidious Chapter 5. Um, and then, boom, we're going to be right back into the Halloween season, starting our countdown early September to see what we got next year in store for Halloween. I know it's very sad to hear that the Halloween season is over, but that simply means one thing in my book, and it should be in all of your books, Christmas horror is on the horizon and it is my favorite subgenre. i can't wait to watch silent night deadly night i can't wait to watch black christmas and our favorite ryan krampus with our boy adam scott i'm doing what adam scott does right now i'm pouring myself a little bit of whiskey into my coffee absolute genius movie um so it's not a, a i said earlier in the episode that it's a sad day because halloween's over but that simply means that uh christmas horror is on the way and after Christmas horror, we get into spring, summer, and then Halloween's right there. And if you guys are still looking to get spooked the rest of the year and early into 2023, join me and Tyler, because we're going to keep bringing you guys some really awesome topics. I know we lacked a little bit during October. Sue us. We were busy. We're sorry. Um, but we're going to be bringing you guys some bangers coming up um, within the next few months and leading up into 2023. And as always... We're the Brown Bros, and we're coming to you from the grave.